Curse. Speak and Destroy is the podcast featuring interviews about Metallica, and I am your host, Ryan J. Downey. My guest this episode is State of Mercury YouTube channel guitar shredder C.J. Cox, who is a master of the rework, where he re-records and often rearranges a Metallica song from one album in the style of another. His most popular videos include What If Inner Sandman Was On And Justice For All, What If Master of Puppets Was On The Black Album, and What If Blackened Was On Master of Puppets. If you're enjoying Speak and Destroy, please go into Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and write a nice little review. Like this one from That Designer Guy. Requires listening. I think he means required listening, but it does in fact requires listening. Fantastic show for anyone who's passionate about rock and metal. Ryan is one of the most insightful hosts in the game. Well, thank you. And his lineup of guests is a checklist of inspiring achievers who are at the top of their game in a wide range of fields, but united by one thing, Metallica. You can also support Speak and Destroy on Patreon and get access to exclusive bonus episodes culled from my interview archives over the years. You can follow Speak and Destroy on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can go to speakanddestroy.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Downey and on Instagram at SuperheroHQ. And you can subscribe to this podcast as well as the others in the Pop Curse Podcast Network, including Pop Curse and No Prize from God. So here it is, my conversation with State of Mercury YouTube channel guitar shredder C.J. Cox. This is Speak and Destroy. So, uh, just to get us going here, tell me a bit about how you first encountered music in general and fell in love with it. And then at what point you realized this wasn't just something you love, this is something you need to participate in, in some fashion. You need to be more than an audience member. Um, I mean, well, my, my, both my parents were like super music oriented they weren't like musicians or anything but um my dad's like my grandfather was um a country music like he had some records he wasn't big or anything like that but um he did play country music and all that and um so there's some music on his side and then um i had some people who could sing and whatever on my mom's side but yeah so they were my primary like they listened to like all the hair metal and stuff like that like I think they met at a Motley Crue concert. Oh, wow. Like, stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. big. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like stuff like that. You know what I mean? So like, um, yeah, they were huge. And then like my dad was like the Metallica guy in my house, obviously. And then, um, so that got me into them. But oh, wow. music in general, yeah, it's, yeah, it was basically both my parents and like me and like my brothers, um, my oldest brother played drums and then um, my other brother plays bass and sings and all that. So, um yeah there's that and then um yeah i think maybe when i was like 
10 or 12, I think me and my friends started playing in like basements and all that. And like, uh, you know, wanted to get things together and, uh, we really wanted to have a band and I, we did in high school and we did pretty well in Canada. Like we played in Toronto and whatever, like we weren't huge or anything, but like, you know, we did well for local act anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then, uh, basically from there, like I've always kind of wanted to have stuff either like, you know, out on the internet or, you know, anything like that. But, um, yeah, was, like me and my friend, my best friend definitely got into like the wanting to be professionals at music and he DJs and stuff now and stuff like that. So we always dreamed of being, you know, big stage show guys, stadium guys and whatever. Right. So uh, yeah, that's, that's basically that. Yeah. I love that you're uh, second generation Metallica. That's pretty awesome. I'm also, I'm also yeah, pass- yeah, yeah. passing the band's music down to my two kids. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's people that are getting it from their grandparents at this point, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So delving headfirst into your channel, which I have opened up in front of me for reference, uh, you are a big purveyor of the what if genre, if we can call yes. it that on YouTube, which I think is super cool and fun and fascinating and, and, and a whole, a very unique way to experience music like this that we're so familiar with. In, yeah, yeah, in new really ways and, and and yeah and it's what if as a marvel comics guy i'm a big fan of the what if concept you yep. know what if yeah, yeah, uh, me too what if gwen <laughs> stacy was bitten by the spider instead of peter parker and you know yep. all these kind of offshoots and and yeah and that's exactly what you do for people who aren't familiar who are listening uh you know some of your biggest videos are what if inner sandman was on and justice for all which was the the first video of yours i saw uh what if master of puppets was on the black album what if Creeping Death was on the Black Album? What if Fuel was on St. Anger? And it, it's really fascinating because the approach that you take is, you know, to take these songs and recontextualize them with the production style of these other records. And, and I would say even that there's a lot more thought that goes into it in terms of even the performance. And uh, yeah, it's really fascinating. So it's just, for starters, if you could tell me what inspired you to kind of work in that subgenre and uh, and how you got going and all that well like to be honest i i was messing around at home just because like i don't have a band anymore so i was like playing a lot of just guitar by myself at home and all that and um so i needed like a drum machine or something like that and the midi drum kit that i bought online from steven slate has like a black album drum kit in it mm. So then I literally, I just started messing around. Like I just was like, oh, I wonder if I could get like Master Puppets on the Black Album. That was the first one I ever posted. And um, I didn't even like think of it as like a thing. Like I didn't know other people were on YouTube doing it. I had no idea. I just (laughs) wanted like a place to save it really. Like I was like, well, I don't really have any space for this. So I'll just put it online and then I'll come back and listen to it if I want to. And then, um, yeah, so like I was just messing around really. Like it wasn't anything like, like, pointed or anything like that and then um like a year later it had like 500,000 views I was like oh people actually like listening to that that's interesting maybe I'll go forth and start doing some other stuff oh wow and and isn't that crazy to think about from a production standpoint I mean given the massive amount of time that was spent even just on drums and even just on getting drum tones with Bob Rock and the Black Album and that being like the quintessential you know a lot of drummers that I've had on the show that always comes up as like that's the drum sound you know when you when you go to make your definitive record and there's a conversation about what kind of tone and stuff do you want it's like oh the black album that'll work the idea that that now 
the technology has arrived at a place where you can just like buy that as like a, a software, <laughs> you know, know versus nice, eh? going into the right room with the right vibe and the warmth and the wood and the acoustics and the, which snare is it and all that, you know, um, and there's obviously a magic in the analog ways, but yeah. you know, I think the best stuff we're getting these days is a, is a blend of, you know, it's like special effects in movies, right? Like when you use computer effects to enhance practical effects as opposed to replacing them. Right, over. right, right. You know, where you look back at like Jurassic Park or something like that, where like, you know, it's a mix of your practical and all that. And then yeah. you come to new movies where it's like the entire scene is just, it's just a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when no, you're, it's, uh, it's cool. When you're sitting down to do something, right. And you think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do what if inner Sandman was on load? What, what are, what are some of the, like, what's your process? Like, do you sit down with a piece of paper and go, okay, I got it. You know, how do you start figuring out what things you need to change about the way we know a song to make it fit? Okay. Well, first I like I'm guitar, like I've been playing guitar for 20 years. Right. So I start with my guitar tone. I get that usually in line and then um, something like close anyway, so I can at least track and make sure it sounds like, kind of how I wanted to right off the start because it just makes my life easier for mixing and stuff later because um, I'm not really a professional like I don't have any school training or institute training or anything like that so um, yeah it's mostly that and then like a lot of the time I'll already have like a couple of like riff ideas or something like that that might sound like metal or Metallica-esque anyways and then um, yeah I'll try to find like what samples I can for like drums and stuff like that like I do pretty pretty meticulous stuff like I'll take you know, I'll, like a whole song and then I'll find like the individual drum track hits on them and I'll cut them out and all that. And then, mm. but yeah, so then like once I find the guitar tone, it's basically just lay down a drum beat. That's like kind of what I want it to be. And then, um, yeah, like basically from there I start listening to which albums I'm putting them on. Right. So like if I'm doing black album, I'll have black album songs just open near me so I can kind of reference and see what they're doing on um, all that. And then I don't know, it's, it almost comes naturally to me too sometimes because I've honestly been listening to, to Metallica since I was born. So like, <laughs> right. like, I don't know, I can just pull it out of my head. So you know the you tones know, so. and the sounds and the mixes and everything so well that. Yeah. 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 It, it, and how do you make, how do you make decisions about, because one of the things that I think is really fascinating because it's already interesting enough to just recast these songs in terms of the production qualities of the different records but you yeah. go deeper than that you you also m mess with you know how might the guitar solo have been different uh how might the tempos have been different tempos are a big thing uh right. the arrangements the how long the songs are i mean you really you really change them to suit the specific eras uh, what what's your process for that i mean what 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 kind of goes into you know do you have like how do you strike the balance between i didn't change the song enough versus okay i've gone too far this is right you know <laughs> um and there has been a couple of the gone too fars but um so the first one i did the master of puppets and the black album um it's basically just the same song as the master master of puppets but it's got like the bridge part cut out of it because i need to shorten it obviously to be more black album-esque mm -hmm. which angered some people but um <laughs> so i did that and didn't really change much and then um when i started discovering that there was other guys on youtube that were doing it like guitar raz and Krebel star and stuff like that i um 
I was like, well, they don't really change anything much. So how can I differ now from everybody mm. else? So I was like, you know, well, maybe I should just start doing it like as if I'm Metallica and I'm writing this album 30 years ago and, um, you know, what kind of crazy. So, I mean, like if you're doing Injustice for All, I know like they basically were like intending on it being overblown almost well, like, yeah. you know, I mean, like yeah. the eight minute long songs and all that stuff. Well, so. the whole thing that you, you would know better than, than a lot of people, right? But I've heard and read, and read about the idea that when people talk about the lack of bass, it's like, well, it's not just a matter of turning the bass down. Yeah. It's that there was there's nowhere to put bass in the, with, yeah, like, with the, the guitar tones and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Between the, like, you know, you've got that kick in there. That's like, just like, it's got a hole cut out of the middle of it and you've got low end and high yeah. end. And then like, you know, your guitar is over here and your bass is down here and it's just hiding underneath. Cause you've, you've got a lot of low end in that guitar too. on mm-hmm. injustice for all. But yeah. So, I mean, like I basically, it was just came out of like wanting to be a little bit different than everybody else online. Yeah. And like, um, there is Bryce Burla too. He does some pretty, um, like different stuff from what the original sounds are anyways. And, uh, and me and him have become good friends over that at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the other ones have died out now. So, I mean, like, I'm just trying to keep it as fresh as possible. And then, uh, yeah, just put yourself in the mind frame of like, okay, so justice riffs have to be this or, you know, that black album riffs are all open E notes out the whole time, you know, like mm. stuff like that. And like, yeah. Um, and then I, I look up like BPMs and stuff like that for like, um, yeah, I mean like what general beats per minute they're doing on those albums and stuff like yeah. that for particular kinds of songs and all that. So yeah, it's mostly just out of wanting to be different. And that's interesting too, because, you know, the differences between different artists and different eras and points in their career and how much they're paying attention to things like BPMs because, you know, rather famously for Megadeth fans anyway, with euthanasia, there was a big thing where there was a big push from that producer to keep everything beneath a certain tempo, right? Like he yeah. had like a, like a guidepost that, and so if you hear even some of the pre-production demos from euthanasia, some of the songs are just faster than yeah. how they ended up on the record. And then, you know, and then there's other, I think most records, there probably wasn't a lot of discussion of that. And yet there were yeah. still probably rules, but it was more feel based. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. No, maybe no one said that in the room, like it can't be any faster than this many BPMs, but, but they were all like keeping, but they it were still keeping it in there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that's interesting to kind of even, focus on and then try to try to uh put yourself in their shoes of like where yeah and like you know that yeah yeah and like sometimes i've gone you know a little too far and i'm like that was a little fast or you know that was a little 10 minutes too long or something (laughs) like that but i but you know most people are enjoying it i mean I, i do get the um every once in a while the like you leave their songs alone man i'm like okay well and the whole whole thing about that is it's like well you know it's like when somebody makes a bad remake of a classic movie it's like well the the original movie didn't go anywhere you know you ruined the movie it's like no you didn't the movie's still there like yeah and like a lot of people they don't understand that like it comes out of a place of love i'm not like oh man i'm so much better than this band i wouldn't be doing it if i didn't like the the it's a lot of time to spend on music you don't like (laughs) exactly (laughs) right i'm like you know like i I could be out there redoing ariana grande songs or something that came out yesterday i don't know how much would you like that i don't know (laughs) yeah and and yeah it's interesting uh when i had joel from toxic holocaust on yeah he made he he made a thing where he took one of the newer metallica records and 
edited it down to just like the thrashiest riffs and parts of it. Right. And and that's and that's the thing too. And something he said where he's like, look, that's that's coming from a place of love. He's like, I wouldn't be spending time doing that if I didn't love Metallica. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, just, yeah. that's the idea. Yeah, I mean, like it's crazy that th- people would even think that I would sit around for you know a week working on Master Puppets on Injustice for All to hate it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind yeah. of bizarre. <laughs> and 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 I've and I've noticed that, and there are some exceptions which we'll, which we'll talk about certainly. But I've noticed that you you tend to play a lot in this the the sandbox of the black album and of injustice for all and i would guess yeah. that that's because those two records out of anything in their catalog are probably the most extreme in terms of readily identifiable sounds right where it's yeah, like yeah those two records have a sound regardless of the songs would is yeah, that fair to say that's probably why you, you've spent the most time in those yeah that's worlds? definitely one of the reasons Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, my internet got a little messed up there. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was, um, definitely that. And then there's also like access to like certain, um, like acapellas and instrumentals and stuff like that. It's very small. And a lot of stuff comes from like a particular, like guitar hero, someone ripped mm. all the guitar hero stems or something like that. So, yeah. um, so availability of that is definitely a key, but, um, I've got some other stuff coming from different albums now soon. Like I, I really figured out that injustice for all thing pretty fast. And then I also figured out that like people really like to hear the justice stuff. They love that guitar tone. They like the sound, yeah. even though yeah. like they'll complain about it on one hand and then say that it's their favorite on another. I don't know. Um, so that's like, you know, like it gets decent amounts of views and not that everything's about views, but um, it's nice to see. Well, I mean, but that's a barometer of how people doing. are responding and, and connecting with something. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love, yeah, exactly. I love you did, and you know like i said we'll talk about some of the exceptions i love you did shortest straw in the style of kill them all <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> what, what was what was that all about what walk me walk me through through that one um well i was thinking i was thinking i'm like i don't have anything from like that old and then like also like i was thinking that kill them all can be a pretty easy sound to get in a cheaper studio right i don't have a lot of gear and i mean they were just starting out too so i mean i mm-hmm. figured that it would easier to get the the, uh, get down and then i was thinking about how hilarious that like like a dave mustaine style solo would be on that song for some reason (laughs) yeah so i was just like that that's it's almost like a meme i'm like that's that's, i gotta do this it's it's really funny (laughs) yeah i love it man i love it um so uh, tell me a little bit about for people listening that that are going to be discovering your channel the the riff tapes stuff that you do you know the mercury riff tapes uh you have a few videos uh, with that. Yes. What, are, what are those and how, how is it different than the other stuff you do? Uh, so like that's basically just like my demo versions of what i'm doing so like you know just like any band in a studio i'll do the exact same thing i'll do like a whole run of like ghost tracks and all that where i can just listen to a product that i've done and be like okay maybe something here needs to change maybe something here needs to change but um so i figure i'm like you know give people a little bit of insight to like the um, whole process a little bit by showing like just some of the ideas I've had and how they might've been a little bit different. And um, yeah, it's, it's basically just that just so because um, I, I know a lot of people have asked me for certain pieces of songs too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, uh, maybe I'll post some of them. And then if you guys want to rip them from YouTube or something like that, I don't, I don't really care. It's not any trouble to me really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this is a question 
for me being of a, uh, you know, not quite the YouTuber generation, how does copyright and all of that stuff work with a channel like yours? Like, like oh. how, is, how, how difficult or how not difficult? Like, what are your, how do you deal with so all that part of it? Most of mine, most of my videos, unless they're vastly changed are, are nailed for copyright, but they're not like, it's not a copyright strike per se. It's just, they're telling me that someone else is claiming most of the money on your video or all of the money on your video. For a lot of them, it is all the money. They're, they're pretty tight on it. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, I understand. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I, you know, I just, but it's like, like but it's like cover versions, right? Cause you can, I, yeah. I think for people to understand audio wise, you can cover anything as long as the right publishers are getting paid. And YouTube, well, exactly. and YouTube has that all pretty figured out now with algorithms and stuff, right? As soon as you post yeah. it, it's like, ding, this is, yeah, it's money like to somebody an else. hour or two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really quick. They, I don't know what kind of crazy stuff they have going on, but it's very fast and it's very accurate. It knows, it knows what you're doing on there. So, you know, and I didn't realize that at first, like, you know, like, cause I'm not a huge, like I didn't post to YouTube or anything. So I only watch, I don't really know how all that crap works either. So I was kind of surprised when the first couple got like, they're like, no, not you. You can't have any of that. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? At least people are watching and enjoying at least. You know, yeah. I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah. And, and, and then how does that work? You know, like you said, some of them, it's all of it. Some of it, it's, it's part of it. Is there, is there a way doing a channel like yours to monetize? I mean, I know obviously you're not getting rich off of it or anything, but yeah, you know, when you think about that whole YouTube ecosystem and, and forgive my ignorance on it, but you know, can you monetize a channel like yours that, that does something like you? Cause I would argue that you are doing something that's artistic, creative, time consuming. And, and yes, it's uh, working with the work of others, but so are a lot of things <laughs> that are, you know, like a channel where yeah. someone comments on movies or whatever, you know? Well, exactly. And like um, even, you know, songs coming out nowadays, you know, there's, there's tons of songs that they're just oh, yeah. reusing old samples and whatever and old pieces of songs and, um, so like I can, it does, it, it, they will monetize. It's just a lot smaller because, you know, YouTube takes their cut and then, you know, uh, I think it's Audium or something like that is the company that does Metallica's recordings and then they take theirs. And the next thing you know, I'm with, with pennies or whatever. doesn't right. matter to me. I'm honestly not complaining. I'm really not. Um, oh yeah. And I don't, and I don't mean to but, pay um, as, though, as though you should yeah, be. So I can monetize. Yeah. Yeah. So I can monetize that way. And then like, now that I've like, once you reach a certain threshold of subs and stuff like that and watch hours, which is important to them now, um, you can monetize other ways. Like now I've got the Teespring website where I can sell t-shirts and stuff. I just got my first one today. So, um, <laughs> nice. so yeah. I can do that and all that. So, um, and then there, you know, there, I'm sure there'll be other opportunities. Also, I've got now, like, just because of my name being out there now, I've got people like, I've got like, employment opportunities from people now like i'm doing like mixes for people i'm oh, writing awesome. guitar riffs yeah yeah, yeah. like i've yeah like, it's it, in the last like four or five months it's really blown up like in terms of that stuff like you know twenty five thousand subs isn't a whole lot on youtube but i mean obviously it's enough to get me something because people are reaching out all over the place now and like i've even got a this week like some companies reaching out to send me some gear and stuff like that so i mean yeah that's and, really and, cool. and, and it's a niche thing right the niche rules i think yeah. people people miss that sometimes when looking at total numbers of subscribers or views on something because it, it's more about what the engagement is and i think that's yeah. where watch hours comes into play too it's like you know 
there might be a channel with a hundred thousand subs, but you've only got 20,000 of them giving a shit about it on a regular basis. And yeah, there's and a channel it, with 20,000 subs where all 20,000 people are very engaged. And it does feel like a lot of people, like, I, you know, I don't want to call them fans, more friends, I guess at this point, um, a lot of people are really engaged. Like I've got people I like know by name now almost on a lot of my sure. videos. Cause I see them commenting so much. And like, even when other people post hate, like some people get on my side and they're like, Hey, you leave him alone. You know, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to yeah. do my own dirty work. This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, here, here's a case in point, you know, the, what if inner Sandman was on justice? Um, you know, about three quarters of a million views closing in on a million. That video has, over 3000 comments like yeah that's a lot you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, so you know there, there's pl plenty of videos you might see with more views but far less comments so yeah you know, and I, I try to stay engaged too like um like i really really people comment and you know they'll ask questions and I, they really want an answer you know what i mean so like i don't want to be i'm sure if it gets to like you know 50,000 or 100,000 subs or something i might not be answering as many comments but i try to do what i can to talk to people because it, it you know keeps them coming back too like it's, mm -hmm. it doesn't help them too it's just like mutually beneficial right like of they course. do come yeah. back because of that and when they, and when they feel that there's a relationship, which is what so much of this kind of content is about, right? Is, is yeah. that relationship. Um, have you, and of course there's a lot of Metallica content out there, my, my podcast included. Yep. Have you had any uh, brushes or communication or, or feedback from the Metallica camp or any, anything in their orbit yet? If you haven't, I'm um, sure it's inevitable because they're pretty plugged in, but um not yet not directly from them or anything um in you know the community it's getting bigger like i just did um i don't know if you know who andre vasilenko is from mm -hmm. youtube yeah, yeah yeah like i just did uh, a couple episodes on his show oh nice um that's perfect that's excellent synergy <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly and you know yeah we're, we're very like-minded individuals and he was a great guy and all that and then um i've got a discord server where we talk about like you know metallica and mixing and a lot of people are just giving advice and stuff like that in there so I've got um, a couple of the other guys from YouTube, um, Bryce Barilla and Warhead. He does some stuff too. He's got a small amount of subs, but he does some really good work. And um, so yeah, the, the community is coming together now. It's, it's, it's becoming like kind of a thing now. So it's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, yeah. so, so you mentioned there's other records that you want to explore and other things you want to dig into and, and recognize that I like to think of these episodes as, as evergreen. And I know, I know from the metrics that they are, so knowing that people will be listening to this a while after we're taping it and that it will live on for a long time, uh, yeah. what, are, what are some other records that you're, you're looking to dig into and stuff um, in the pipeline? Well, in the, about a month ago, I did that like riff contest. I said, you know, you guys write me a Ride the Lightning or Dyer's Eve on Ride the Lightning riff. So I'm still working on that. I did have a lot of um, like other outside YouTube um, job stuff come up so I've been doing a lot of work for uh, like audio wise anyways so that's been on hold until now so I'm working on that now so there's going to be some ride the lightning stuff coming um, probably going to do a couple more master puppets things like that because uh, everyone just loves that tone and all yeah. the songs on there and plus it's just fun to play fast um, and then like I, I I'm now getting a lot of um, I just posted that um, saint anger black album medley yeah yeah and, um, a lot of people on there are like you got to do all these songs on black album now so that i'm kind of getting poised to start as well and then mm -hmm. um yeah i want to try some of the newer records like death magnetic and um hardwired and all that yeah hard hardwired is really songs. interesting to me because it uh yeah, i love the songs and also 
production wise it was the return of a lot of those black album vocal harmonies and you know some of the warmth of of the load and reload era and then the heaviness yeah. and the aggression of the classic era so that's one of the things yeah. i love about it now that, that would make it a lot of fun for you to mess around in i think for sure yeah really and then like it then that's like my scene I, it's nothing i like better than sticking it to the man a little bit and uh, <laughs> hardwired kind of uh came back with the old attitude so that was nice and um but yeah no i would really like to get into some of that stuff because uh those songs are interesting i mean they're a little more radio friendly so but that almost gives me more to work with because they've left me places to put things almost so oh right got yeah ideas going to my head you know like like oh i could stick a solo there if it was on injustice for all uh -huh. i could stick a harmony here or something like that i can make yeah. this i can make hardwired 11 minutes long instead of three minutes long <laughs> yeah and you know insane anger is a great a great record to talk about with a channel like yours because you know we all know from the documentary and everything about all the circumstances under which it was made and what the mindset and mentality was and you know I, I i love that that record exists and that it was created yeah. in all of the ways that it saved the band and that it's just an interesting kind of cultural artifact but with that being said the songs themselves certainly suffer from the production choices and i would say even more so the the lack of editing and the weird arrangements, you know, the copy yeah. pasting and everything. And so one of the things that I really love about channels like yours is that it gives those songs and the ideas, the creative parts of them, a chance at another life, you know, yeah. because you can really go in and, and it becomes like, well, what if this song had a guitar solo? What if it was three minutes shorter? What if it was, what if this yeah, part, well, you know, what if the way these parts were arranged made more sense, you know, and I think. Yeah, and, the, and the opportunities with St. Anger are almost endless when you, when you think about it like that, right? Like you could change the riffs, you could change the tuning, you could add solos, you could, you know, take out vocals or something. I mean, like there's a lot and people are willing to listen to that because they're all thinking the same thing. They're like, well, what if it sounded different or what if it was better or what if it was worse or yeah. not that there's not any good songs in that album, but I mean, it definitely did suffer compared to other ones so i mean people were definitely interested in that for sure and as a producer it really gives you this unique opportunity to to you know if you were to approach that album as pre-pro demos and you're like okay they've hired me to produce so i'm going to come in and whip these demos into a into a great album i mean it's it's just fun it's fun to play with it's it's just another gift intentionally or not that the band has given to the fans <laughs> yeah, well exactly yeah yeah it's like you know now i can come along you know 15 years later and you know at least uh and like some people have commented on that new video i posted saying like 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 honestly i didn't even listen to these songs before but that sounds cool i would listen to a whole record of that i'm like that's exactly. interesting like like exactly. and i wonder if metallica would get really mad at me for that i don't know <laughs> no i think i think it's it's very interesting and you've probably seen them and i'm blanking on his name and i feel bad for blanking on it but there was a guy who did who re-recorded all of saying anger and it's he did guitar bass and drums and then he had a friend sing yeah, I and can't remember like who he is either. I feel bad. Yeah, it's got like the four different. He's a British British guy. Yeah, it was um, really good. But yeah, and the band was aware of it. Q Prime was aware of it and kind of kind of gave it their seal of approval. And and yeah, that was a similar attempt. It's kind of recontextualizing the songs themselves. And you know, I would say, yeah. and this was prior to them doing it at SNM too. But years ago, they did an acoustic version of All Within My Hands at one of the Bridge School benefits. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like it's like a pop-up show or something like that? Yeah, or, that, that no, that's, like, that's my favorite song from that album in that setting. 
and yeah. it was in a song that I really had kind of forgotten about and never really connected to. And then hearing it in the acoustic setting was like, Oh, this is a great song. Like this is, yeah. it works, you know? And so, yeah, that's again, a testament to kind of the brilliance of, of what you're doing and what people in, in that community are doing. Yeah. Um, do you have, you know, I know obviously you're, you're busy with making a living and, and doing other stuff and opportunities that are coming to you through the state of Mercury channel. Do you see state of Mercury expanding into, you know, some of the other big four bands or, or other, is there stuff in the Metallica universe that you want to play with that's outside of Metallica specifically? Yeah. Um, I've got, um, so I did one that was um, like the Halo theme song on Injustice for All that mm. I want to start exploring a lot more because, mm. you know, you've got things like everyone on there like saying like the Doom theme song sounds just like Master of Puppets and all that. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I got to get into like, I want, that's what I want. And theme songs for all is what I was calling the playlist or whatever. So nice. just do a playlist of like, you know, video game, TV theme songs, oh, stuff dude. like that. What if I the mean, castle, what if the Castlevania music was on Angels oh, for all? I'd listen to that. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I've got things like that. And then, um, you know, I've got other ideas in my head. Like um, I've been working on one cause it's almost Halloween. I was doing um, messing around with Randy Rhodes, guitar tone, on um bark at the moon uh-huh so like i was like what i was thinking I'm like what if randy rhodes is playing on bark at the moon so now i've got this like arrangement going in my head oh, right wow. now that's that would just wow. be kind of cool so i'm yeah. i am thinking about other bands and you know megadeth's a big suggestion obviously on a metallica page right and then mm-hmm. um um i think slayer's another one that people want to hear a lot of and i'm like man yeah. it's gonna be tough that's a hard one but uh, <laughs> what if what if raining blood was on injustice for all <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that might actually be pretty interesting yeah. um but yeah i mean like i don't know if maybe on this specific channel people would enjoy other bands from that aren't metallica but i mean yeah. some people are just here for the ride some people just like what i'm posting which is nice mm-hmm. so like they don't care what it is but that's, some people are like hey man i'm here for metallica and metallica only and if you give me something else i'm going somewhere else I'm like okay that's fine. yeah understood understood <laughs> you know? yeah and yeah. i uh, you know you mentioned guitar hero and the stems and stuff from that um yeah i have i remember when death magnetic was still relatively fresh yeah there was a guitar hero master of death magnetic that was going around yeah. And you know, if I have my druthers when I'm opening up my iTunes, that's the one I prefer to listen to. I think that yeah. mastering version, it, it's not like it's drastically different, but uh, it's a little Just like changing personal. the levels. I know they did like it, you know, everything's kind of a little more even, you know, and yeah. like um, less like crap sounding, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> For less, lack of a better l- term. L- less brick walled, <laughs> less, uh, less wall of sound or whatever that you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, you know, in that record, I think to, to a point where it's almost exaggerated now, the, it's almost cliche to say that the mastering is, is too loud. On, well, and on that, that's the same with like a lot of their albums. It's like, Oh, this album sounds like this. This album sounds like that. This album's the, the, it's the same thing across the board for literally every single person who's commenting. Yeah. Almost. It becomes, like it becomes <laughs> mythologized, right? Like, yeah, this is yeah, the conventional yeah. wisdom about how we view this album. And in some cases it's not necessarily always correct. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the amount of lack of base comments on the injustice for all ones. And then like, um, the enter salmon on load people are like well it was on load it was called king nothing i'm like well they are different songs technically but i mean whatever right, you know? like, right. <laughs> and even the band acknowledged it because he says often never never land at the end yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they had to know right like i mean yeah. and like it, people say that those songs sound so similar but i'm like it's not even just those songs i'm like they stuck to a like a radio music grid that other people are doing too it's not just the metallic i'm like you could probably compare that with a hundred other songs and it would be like verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus out you know what i mean sure. like it's and i'm sure doing something like what you're doing you start to recognize patterns and 
Oh yeah. I mean, it's all about what you're doing, right? Is I mean, you to break things down and figure it out and reverse engineer it. You start to identify. It's something I want to ask you about uh, that just made me think of. I just had Jason Bittner on the podcast, who is you know, drummer for Shadows Fall and Overkill, and uh, he was in Flotsam and Jetsam for a while. And obviously, he's a great drummer and yeah. and, a, and a friend of mine. He mentioned something that I don't hear talked about often, but he was talking about as a kid learning to play drums and playing along to ride the lightning in particular he didn't realize until he was an adult how much the tempos change <laughs> like in yeah. a song with like fight fire with fire uh there's some speeding up and slowing down maybe where there shouldn't be and i would of course argue as i think he would too that it's part of the magic of the song and the way that we've heard it and of course it was before grids and pro tools yeah. and, and and all of that you know very raw natural band in a room kind of vibe uh, have you encountered things like that as you've reversed engineered Metallica stuff where you're like, oh, this is, you know, the, the beautiful mistakes, so to speak, where it, yeah. you know, it makes your job a little more complicated. Is that, have you run into any of that on the older albums? Definitely. I, even on some of the like newer albums, it feels like, you know, you know, a good producer won't go and time align everything and, you know, it, it'll be to a grid, but it'll be off by a little bit or something like that. And I think, that's been a huge thing for Metallica is just feeling out songs since the beginning. Yeah. And it does show in some of their newer stuff, but again, a lot of their older stuff. Yeah. Like the beginning of the song will start relatively slow. Like even like something like, uh, we'll say battery or something, you know, the riff at the beginning is pretty slow, but by the time you get to the end, it's gotta be like three or four BPM faster. You come out of the guitar solo and like, it feels right. Right. Like, yeah, sure. Like you have this, this massive face melting guitar solo. You want people to be going still after the solo. You know what I mean? Like there's still gotta be some sort of, you know decrescendo i guess out of the song so i mean it, it feels like right almost to keep getting faster because that's just how it feels it feels like you're supposed to be faster there's a right. guitar solo going you know what i mean like yeah it's like the yeah, like, butthead yeah, yeah exactly and, and it, almost every time i do an injustice for all song i think about that episode of beavis and butthead with the one video and like oh, take a live sight take a my speech i'm like oh my god is every time so great so yeah, no, it, it's, it does, they do change a lot. Like, um, uh, I can't even think of a specific song where it's like bad, but it's a lot of like, even like justice is the most noticeable. Like those were on purpose too, but like, mm -hmm. it's really noticeable. You're in the middle of like Dyer's Eve or something. And it's like first, first part sounds really fast. And then the next time they play it, it sounds even faster than the time <laughs> they play it after that. It sounds slower. And you're like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, and I just I just experienced that as a fan and as a listener, and so I always imagine, yeah, someone like yourself that's really uh, getting getting under the hood and you know messing with the engine that you would start to to see the seams. And, 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 yeah, you know, it just makes it cooler to me. It's there's enough stuff out there that's you know the, that's fake and predictable. Yeah, yeah, and you also see things like just how good they are too right like you're mm. like like you know you're like james hetfield is like the most insane rhythm guitar player ever like you can't yeah. match what he can do like he is like to the microsecond you know what i mean like on yeah. with his guitar tracks and it's like almost scary like <laughs> the right hand of hetfield we talk about on yeah. the podcast a lot yeah i think, yeah. That, I think yeah, that's exactly. gonna be our, our first shirt when i get around to it yeah, <laughs> I want to do a right, a right hand of Hetfield shirt. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I'd buy one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, dude, I'm really glad we were able to make this happen. I appreciate you getting back to me and accepting the invitation. I'm sure there'll be reason to have you on again at some point. 
yeah i love the channel i love what you're doing um i want to expose people to it as, as much as i can help and and yeah man no, I mean, man, I was checking out your podcast. It's, it's really cool too, man. I've, I, you know, before we started this, I was like checking out the list of people. I'm like, Oh man, he's, he's talking to people. Is he? Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I saw like M shadows and stuff like that. I'm like, Holy Mike Portnoy and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I, so I was sweating a little bit before we started. But this is great. I would do awesome. this again, man. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's cool. Yeah. And, and that's the idea is, is, you know, folks who have some direct connection or in connect or indirect or have, been influenced or are influences that was sort of the the concept when i started this thing and, and it's, yeah, been yeah. it's been fun and the diversity of of you know one minute talking to somebody like like matt from avenged who grew up loving metallica and then talking to somebody like brian tatler from diamond head who yeah. was a huge influence on metallica it's been, it, yeah 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 that's amazing all of that. so and, and uh, you know you, you may appreciate this depending on how recent the episodes were you checked out uh my friend scott who plays guitar in the band zeo who's an old friend of mine i asked him to make a theme for speak and destroy this was just a few months back yeah and he's and he was like oh yeah man i'd love to what do you want it to sound like i was like uh make it sound like injustice for all <laughs> and so it's you know it's an original composition but it's it's so similar to what you do right because it's yeah yeah in the style and feel and production of justice and uh, i think he did awesome. an incredible job with it i'm super happy to have it on there and in fact at some point uh if there were enough hours in the day at some point i want to go and insert the theme music into all of the old episodes that it wasn't in um yeah because i just i love it that much and, and i like having an original theme yeah yeah it sounds cool. like metallica but isn't metallica so yeah anyway it's yeah, your own thing right <laughs> yeah uh so yeah i thought you would you would appreciate that because it's yeah, very much cool. in your in your vein yeah. um well cj awesome i'll let you know when this goes up and uh yeah keep in touch right on thanks man and yeah 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 we'll talk for sure and uh yeah this has been great um, you uh thanks for having me on man yeah it's my pleasure 